Welcome to the Emerited Podcast, the landowner podcast to empower you with inspiration, new perspectives, and quick tips for your forest management and land ownership journey. I have a question for you. Do you work together with your spouse on projects and on daily aspects of your life? Or is one assigned particular works and the other does the other? For example, when it comes to your finances, do you do your monthly budget together? Or do you view your money through separate lens of his and hers? How are the household chores completed? Is one spouse automatically assumed to be doing any or all of it? Or has there been a discussion and an agreement on who does what? Now, this isn't going to be a shaming discussion of you should be splitting everything equally because life isn't equal. Men and women were built differently and we each have our own individual personalities and different skills and preferences. But what I want you to reflect on while you have that internal dialogue answering those questions I just asked about is how are things split between you and your spouse? Is there a discussion around them or does the left hand not really know what the right hand is doing? This is vitally important when it comes to your land because again, it's not the act of doing absolutely everything together that matters in a family unit, but the communication and the agreement of workloads. And trust me, I know this is often easier said than done, especially between spouses, depending on what season of life you may be experiencing right now but I'm going to highlight two different spouses who work together poorly and the warning and lessons we can get from them. Let's start in the beginning. Genesis chapter three, verses 17 to 19. To Adam, he said, now this is God. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat fruit from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. All right, I know Eve gets a lot of hate because of these actions, but there's a couple things I want to highlight and share today, which will be a great lesson for us while navigating our own land ownership paths together. And the first is Adam. Adam received the commandment directly, as we see in Genesis 2.16, and then Eve was created. Now, we can speculate that God also told Eve these same instructions, but it isn't written, so I will make the speculation that it was up to Adam to be the leader and share those directions, which again, we know he did, since she answers the serpent during the temptation scene that God did say, and you can read that in Genesis 3 verse 2. But there's the question of whether Adam told her what God said when giving her the tour of the garden, you know, that they're supposed to work and manage and look at this wonderful place, or whether Eve got those directions herself. Nevertheless, Adam was there and let Eve take the lead, biting from the one tree. They had one rule, the one tree they weren't supposed to touch. And he didn't try to stop her, didn't tell her this was a bad idea. They didn't discuss whether or not they actually should break this commandment. She simply ate it and shared with her husband, as any loving wife would. But this is a great example of not communicating before making a big decision and acting on that decision. Sure, you may not necessarily not be responsible for the entire downfall of humanity if you decide to do something big on your land. You know, maybe you're looking at adding in that forest rolled. Maybe you're enrolling into a program. Maybe you cut those trees. 
but we can see the dangerous consequences here if we don't communicate before acting on a major life land decision, because many times there's no turning back from that decision. You can't undo that road. I mean, you can, but it's going to be incredibly expensive. You can't glue those trees back together. And depending on the program you signed in for, you may have some restrictions on your management abilities for the future. Now, let's look at another spousal couple warning. We're jumping ahead now to Matthew chapter 27, verse 19. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. Now, if you receive my Monday motivation messages, this verse is going to sound very familiar to you. And if you don't, this is your plug that you should go over and sign up for your free weekly scripture-inspired landowner messages. Now back to Pilate's wife. Before Jesus' crucifixion, she actually had the dream, nightmares more like it, honestly, about Pilate judging him. And there she shares her warning to Pilate about moving forward and judging him. Of course, we know Pilate didn't heed his wife's concerns and move forward with the execution of God's son. And I can't say I know much about what happened to Pilate or his wife after this decision. But what we can learn from this as a warning in our own spouse discussions to take the other's concerns seriously. Sometimes one may be having received kind of an inclination that something just isn't right, even if they can't quite put their finger on it. It could help you from making a dis terrible decision. In real world terms, perhaps it's working with someone to cut your trees on your land. You received a great offer and maybe you're being persuaded into signing the dotted line or even worse, it's just agreeing to let them get started. And your spouse is hesitant. Perhaps they can't quite put their finger on it again, but it just doesn't feel right. It could be a feeling about the person or about the timing. Now, there is a difference I want to point out in simply being against cutting trees ever and what I'm sharing here about a red flag feeling against the moment or the person. So let's bring it back. Are you communicating with your spouse before acting on decisions in your life with your land? Or are you just following suit for whatever the other one does because they've already started anyways? Are you completely ignoring the other's red flags concerns? Life gets busy, and I know it's completely unrealistic to expect to do everything together. Because again, there's a lot to do. So dividing and conquering is a real thing. And also, we each have our own preferences of what we're good at and what we like to do. Or at the very least, what we don't mind doing. Perhaps one of you doesn't mind doing the details of the budgets for your household and land, but that doesn't mean you don't communicate those numbers at the end with your spouse and have a back and forth conversation of the whys and the priorities you each agree to do to spend on or save for. Perhaps one of you really likes doing the tractor work and the other doesn't care for the mosquito bites you're probably going to get from being outside too long. That doesn't mean they don't know what work projects are being completed, how long it might take, or where that work is being done at. If you realize perhaps that you've been working on separate pages or even different books, let this be your turning point. Let's start communicating with our spouses to be a stronger family unit to bring about positive outcomes. If you've never discussed anything with your land together, let me encourage you to check out Landowner to Steward as a catalyst for that change. We'll be focusing on sustainability for your land. What does that look like for you? And knowing your finances is a crucial tool for making wiser decisions on the land. We're going to change from being a simple landowner to a true steward of the land, managing through God's lens. And I'm inviting you to join me in this journey. Until next time.